Welcome to True Talk on WNF 88.5 with Ahmed and Summer on today's program. Summer and I will be uh, speaking to you live. Summer, are you there? Yes, Ahmed. Uh, Happy Eid or Eid Mubarak. Uh, we are. We just end, uh, ended Ramadan and celebrated Eid or our feast of breaking the fast. So Eid Mubarak, yeah, Ahmed. Eid Mubarak. I'm, we're going to get to that real quick after this short music uh, break. But uh, who do we have on the, as a guest today? What are we going to be talking about? Uh, we have several issues that we not we want to talk about, but we might be joined by Laura Bassett, who's an American. Palestinian journalist who wrote uh, something quite interesting in the Washington Post. It was published less than a week ago. Okay, so um, that and uh, more. So we'll be right back. This is True Talk on WMNF. Sometimes 
سامحني ربي نعيش في نزوات نعيش في ازمات نعيش بين قسوات وقارورا زيدو راها قارورا لي نولاو قوارير قولي وين القرارات نخلص في فاتورات نعيش بقاذورات وانتي يا قاضي مريت وقلت القاضي مرات وين فلوس اللي مراتش بيني لتوا مريت وغنينا اورورو وين اللورو يا ترا وهاني نكتب كل جاحف في البخلاء لازمك فايق بخلاء كثرو كانت دخلاء ودبوزة على الاخوات وبقلالة كان خلات وكرفت لاصحاب كل الاخوات ضحكو كي شقيت الخلات وعرفت الخناب والصباب والكذاب والكلاب والحلاب والقلاب والذباب والدنيا طبقات ومعروف شكون عفات الرجال والسقاط والمرقود والمرقاد وانا ماني دوني انتو ماني مكارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارارار
in the 5th of May, for example, uh, Cinco de Mayo, as they call it. So this would be an odd day. So the night of the 5th of May would have been last night or the eve of the 5th of May would have been last night. And um, so likewise, in the uh, Ramadan, the uh, Laylatul Qadr, night of powers in the last 10 nights on an odd night and um, in the last 10 nights. So it could have been like the night of the 21st, the 23rd, the 25th, the 27th or 29th of Ramadan. And But many people believe or think that it's most likely the t- night of the 27th. So the night of the 27th, the mosques are filled with worshipers and uh, either at home or at the mosque. And they're worshiping and asking for God's forgiveness and blessings and to have prosperity and good health and peace in the world. You know, on that. So we were like basically spending the whole night praying. So we're just too tired to and get to work and do our show the next day on Thursday. So that would have been last Wednesday night into Thursday morning, pretty much stayed up all night uh, and then went to bed and sleep in the morning. And that's why we couldn't do the show. Yeah. And um, woke up and couldn't like have coffee or tea, which this is the most difficult for me, Ahmed. I'm fine with the skipping meals and not eating, but really coffee in the morning is so valuable <laughs> during Ramadan. Did and you break your caffeine addiction during Ramadan summer? I'm not really. I mean, I just drink coffee in the morning. Uh, okay. Still, I, it seems like you're saying, you know, it was, no, I missed it was it. difficult. It's so I, Because I would not uh, drink after I break my fast because I don't want to stay up all night. So that's the whole point that I didn't drink coffee the whole month of Ramadan. But I don't think I am addicted, but I was able to give it up and give up food and give up water and tea. So much easier rather than going on a diet for some psychological reason, I think. But like you said, we have so much time when we're not eating. Like I read more, prayed more, uh, studied Quran, uh, memorized new words, uh, learned Turkish. I mean, it's amazing. Oh, you learn Turkish? Why are you learning Turkish? uh, I want to like stay, um, how do I, like keep my memory here and improve it. And I read Mm -hmm. that if you can learn a new language, I know a bit of French uh, English and Arabic. So I thought, uh, let me try Turkish because I'm planning to visit Turkey. So let me uh, learn a few words. Can Not I easy. ask you, let me see. Um, ekmek. I know ekmek, bon- which is... Ekmek is bread? Yeah. Okay, bread. let me say the, the... I'll say the phrase in a language and then you answer me in that language, okay? I don't know um, how to if- do it. No, no, I mean, if, if I say, uh, comment ça va? Comment ça va? Ça va bien, merci. Um, qu'est-ce que tu fais? Uh, le radio, <laughs> with you, <laughs> avec toi. Avec toi. Uh, how about you? Is avec toi means how about you? No, with you, I'm doing the Oh, radio. with you, yeah, avec toi. Yeah, I, my French is uh, limited, so... Um, uh, anyway, bonjour. so many things... So many, yeah, so many things. things to talk about so much. So later on the program, we're talking about um, media, media coverage of Palestine. There was an article in the Washington Post. We'll talk to uh, its author a bit later. But something happened that's significant in Harvard, at Harvard University. The Crimson uh, writes about this uh, incident 
in the, I guess the crimson is the uh, article or the uh, paper the, for Harvard. Yeah, this too. And it's, this is the crimson editorial board writes, in support of boycott, divest, sanctions, and a free Palestine. When oppression strikes anywhere in the world, resistance movements uh, rever rever reverberate globally. Uh, the desire for rightful justice spreads like wildfire, moving us to act, to speak, to write, and write our past wrongs. Over the past year, the Harvard College Palestine Solidarity Committee has strived to do just that. Amid escalating tensions between Israel and Palestine, PSC has hosted informational programming, organized weekly demonstrations of support through Kefia Thursdays, and even installed a colorful multi-panel wall of resistance in favor of Palestine, freedom, and so uh, sovereignty. Um, so they're basically writing, and then this basic editorial board at the end makes a decision. It's a long uh, article, but... Um, it's very interesting, Ahmed, because the Harvard Crimson has always maintained in the past years that uh, they will never do BDS. It is anti-Semitic and criticizing Israel is anti-Semitic. But of course, the tide is changing not only uh, because of uh, activism on the past of American Palestine, on the part of American Palestinians and American Muslims, but also uh, Jewish uh, new generation because one of the members of the board is uh, a Jew herself, an American Jew and a practicing Jew. And she said there is no contradiction between standing up for justice. You can't be talking about uh, uh, issues like uh, uh, blacks or natives or the rights of women or men or children and ignore Palestine. She, you know, she right. and she wrote. If you, if people follow her on Twitter, my God, the level of um, of hate that she is receiving for simply saying this has nothing to do with Judaism. This has nothing to do with religion. This has to do with human rights and violations of human rights. Uh, and um, right, but I mean, I think so, a lot of these uh, people are. Um that are attacking on Twitter are, you know, bots and hired, hired uh, folks that are paid by the Israeli government or their Israeli soldiers using their cyber warfare to attack and, you know, to uh, silence. Uh, but um, I just want to just read the end of this editorial where they write in the Crimson, Two decades ago, this is the editorial board of the Crimson. Two decades ago, we wrote that divestment was a blunt tool that affected all citizens of the target nation equally and should be used sparingly. Yet the tactics embodied by BDS have a historical track record. They helped win the liberation of black South Africans from apartheid and have the potential to do the same for Palestinians today. Israel's current policy pushes Palestinians towards indefinite statelessness combining um, ethno-nationalist legislation and a continued assault on the sovereignty of the West Bank through illegal settlements that, that difficults uh, the prospect of a two-state solution. It merits an assertive and unflinching international response. The arguments made against uh, BDS could have been and indeed were once made against South Africa. And we... Uh, are no longer inclined to police the demands of a people yearning to breathe free. And then the final paragraph says, 
We do not take this decision lightly. BDS remains a blunt approach, one with the potential to backfire or prompt collateral damage in the form of economic hurt. But the weight of this movement of Israel's human rights and international law violations and of Palestine's cry for freedom demands this step. As a board, we are proud to finally lend our support to both Palestinian liberation and BDS, and we call on everyone to do the same. This is the Crimson uh, newspaper editorial board on behalf, you know, in Harvard. So it's a major shift, and it's a long time in the making. What's interesting about this is that they they actually credit um, the local uh, group that uh, called PSC, the Harvard College Palestine Solidarity Committee, for all their activities, including Cafe Thursdays. So. As students that are listening to this program, don't underestimate the power of your outreach events that you know that you do on campus, even though it seems like it's not going anywhere. This is, seems like decades in the making finally made a difference. Yes, and it's interesting, Ahmed, that uh, this comes, I think, a few days or weeks before the uh, Political Science Association in America, the Middle East Political Science Association, also divested from uh, the um, uh, from uh, Israel. And uh, one of the things that this uh, uh, op-ed went to explain, Ahmed, is how people are being punished for taking uh, a stand. And let me read again, Israel remains America's favorite First Amendment blind spot. Companies that choose to boycott the Jewish state or otherwise support the pro-Palestine boycott, divest and sanction movement face legal repercussions in at least 26 states. Even for journalists, openly condemning the state's policies poses an objective professional risk. And they talk about certain uh, incidents. And actually, Ahmed, when I am checking now my uh, uh, my um, uh, Twitter feed, there is this professor, uh, Noura Araqat, who is an author and a professor at the University, I think, of law. She has been smeared by the ADL, uh, uh, the uh, the Jewish organization. Uh, What is it called? What does it say? fighting supposedly hate. However... What, the ADL, Anti-Defamation League? Yeah, anyone, anyone who speaks his mind or her mind, but they are attacking people like Noura Araqat, who is, uh, again, a human rights attorney, associate uh, professor, author. Uh, They, like, spend all their energy to smear her. Uh, the ADL, because himself, the what's his name, the guy who runs Fox. it? Um, no, no. Um, no oh, gosh. Greenbelt, Greenbelt. oh, gosh. Forgot his name. You you're put me on the spot. Like it doesn't, I don't know. I'm taking a guess here, Summer, but it doesn't seem like you're a fan of ADL or their executive director. I am not a fan of intimidating people into silence because you disagree with what they say. This is not democracy. This is not what USA is about. Okay, you may love uh, an an issue or something, but you cannot intimidate people by scaring them, by threatening them that, okay, you you are a professor, so I will take your job from you. I will punish you economically or financially. 
Okay, you can disagree with me and you disagree with this show, but when you see if, you know, we don't get paid, but let's say we get paid and you try to um, uh, punish me by smearing my reputation and then seeking to uh, eliminate my position. Jonathan Greenbaum. His yeah. name is Jonathan Greenbaum. Even though we don't get paid on their show necessarily, uh, WMNF does not pay us. Even though, can you, Summer, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you better yeah, now. Yeah, sorry. My, my mic was, uh, sorry about the technical difficulty. Um, even though we don't get paid by WMNF for this show, but um, this very similar groups have tried to cancel the show off the air just for bringing the Palestinian perspective, or even bringing Jewish perspective that's against the ADL and the APAC narrative that speaks up and out against the occupation. So we've had our own, you know, fair share of uh, campaigns to try to cancel the show by even uh, local members of uh, that support those, you know, same groups. Some even offering to withdraw money if um, you know to to cancel their support to the station. Others offering station money to cancel the show. Uh, you know, fortunately, alhamdulillah, neither have succeeded because, again, um, this is a perspective that's needed and WMF has stood by us, but, but it, it hasn't, you know, stopped those uh, very same group. And the one thing that they regularly invoke is anti-Semitism. Yeah, the um, whole and what, 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 yeah, the whole time. And what, you know, the Crimson is saying here is editorial board, is, it's not anti-Semitic to point out human rights violations and abuse and occupation and to support a people that are peacefully trying to be free, to have their sovereignty, to be able to live side by side with others, to live like, you know, they're, uh, they're you know, the, the, the Jewish people that live in the same land, you know, to have equal rights. What is wrong with that? How is it that a country that claims to be a democracy has one set of rules for uh, Jews and a completely different set of rules that subjugates Palestinians or Arabs or non-Jews. And then to claim that this is a Jewish only state, it's a Jewish, it's a state just for Jewish citizens, or it's a, you know, it's identifies as Jewish. This is part of the constitution. Now I'm, I'm paraphrasing that the exact words, but you know, how can you have an ethno, centric um you know uh, theocracy state. type you know state you know in 2022 are you kidding and then on top of that you get the support of the united states and billions of dollars in funding and call it that it's you know america's strongest ally um no more and more people are not buying that and they're speaking out against it let me tell you what happened uh, last night uh, not our uh, night, uh, Israel's night, the Supreme Court published its ruling regarding the legality of the eviction orders of thousands of Palestinians living in the South Hebron uh, Hills. Uh, it, it's called Musafir Yatta. More than 2,500 people live there, Ahmed. And these people have been going to court and to the legal system. I mean, they know it's not going to benefit them because all this all this inhumanity is 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 being done uh, through legal systems because the uh, occupier puts these legal laws so anyways um the army just decided okay that this 
area called Musafir Yatta in Arabic, uh, southern uh, Hebron, is an army shooting uh, firing zone. Meaning if the army wants to practice, uh, that's a firing zone. Okay, but there are more than 2,500 people who have lived there since eternity. So the, 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 the left in Israel told these people, let's go to the court system. You know, let's try and do a legal way. So according to international law, you cannot ethnically cleanse people. Okay, you cannot just kick them out because the army decided this is a military area. They said, no, if it were two nation states, then international law is applicable. But because it's a court inside the state of Israel, we can do whatever we want. And and how are you going to argue with that? You know, I mean, they put these laws and then they decide your fate. And now you have more than 2,500 people who will be evicted to where God knows who uh, to where. And Ahmed, when you resist the way the Ukrainians are resisting, you're labeled a terrorist. Like you should be uh, thankful because you and your mom and your parents and your kids are going to be evicted. You have to write a thank you letter. Uh, go write a nice letter, maybe buy flowers to the judge and thank him because he is ethnically cleansing you. Because if you, God forbid, decide to object, you're labeled a terrorist. So thank God that there are people out there who can see what is going on. This is just one example. I mean, you know how Al-Aqsa Mosque is important to Muslims, the way Kaaba is important to Muslims. The way there are two major cities in Saudi Arabia, uh, it doesn't matter if you're a Pakistani Muslim or an American white convert to Islam. Once you practice that religion, these places are important for you. And Al-Aqsa Mosque is very important for Muslims, except especially in Ramadan, because like Ahmed was saying last week, him and I, he was praying in the mosque. I was really praying in my house, doing my best to finish the Quran on that uh, night of power. And people go to Al-Aqsa in Jerusalem to do that. So what uh, the uh, Israelis do? Okay, they attack worshippers. So what do you expect? Like imagine the, a bunch of Muslims stormed the Vatican. What do you expect the Vatican will do? And the, the Pope and the people who are there praying. Okay, what do you expect them to do? So all this is going on in our media, of course. If they cover it, Ahmed, you know that sir, they will say clashes as if there are two equal parties uh, and these two equal parties are uh, you know they are they both are armed uh, they are uh, they both have um, tear gas and they were lobbing it at each other in the mosque so it, it's just mind boggling how our media whitewashes israel's crimes so this is just some of what is going on Remind our listeners they're listening to True Talk, yeah, Ahmed. Well, you can do that somewhere. You already <laughs> did, you're, you're already on your way. Just finish it. <laughs> no, I'm surprised you're not interrupting me. So I'm suspecting maybe I lost you or something. No, I mean I am. Um, I'm not used not to you not interrupting me, and there is something going on with you probably. But this is True Talk on WMNF 88.5 FM. We have been doing this show for the past maybe 17, 18 years. I can't remember, yeah, Ahmed. 
I lost count. Perhaps, I mean, if the Crimson uh, newspaper, uh, Harvard, has taken this position about BDS. Um, and by the way, Summer, I sent you a message. I'm waiting for your reply. And this, this is how Summer and I communicate when we're not in the same room uh, about the show. Um, but if I was in the room, I would be waving my hand at her and telling her, like, read your message. But now I have to tell her over the phone. Um, so even 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 when I send her messages, uh, she usually just ignores me. Sorry. As far as the crimson is concerned, I wonder, is this going to have a, a domino effect on other universities also coming to the same conclusion? Like Summer said, um, you know, this is True Talk on WMNF, and we're speaking about this historic decision by uh, the Crimson newspaper, which is uh, represents Harvard University and their editorial board, coming out decades later and, and clearly stating that they are now supporting um, the boycott, divest, and sanctions movement that's targeting the you know Israeli occupation to end the occupation. And this is not to punish um, Israelis, but rather to uh, pressure Israel to provide equal rights for Palestinians. I mean, if, if I ask listeners out there, do you believe that Palestinians and Jews should have equal rights? I think most reasonable people say yes. I mean, human beings should have equal rights. You can't have certain rights for Jews and then different rights for Palestinians just because of, you know, their ethnicity or their religion. That would not make sense. And I think more and more as people look at, you know, these um, the different treatment of Palestinians in the occupation, they realize the level of injustice that's happening there. And if you don't provide a peaceful way for people to bring about change, then people are going to turn to violence. And um, I think that's uh, even more concerning, obviously. And, and in some ways, I feel like some elements, I'm not saying all, but I'm sure some elements within these governments, within the government of Israel, again, I'm not generalizing, but some elements there um, would actually prefer that Palestinians turn violent because then they use it as a pretext uh, to you know, bomb disproportionately into Gaza. And let's just be clear, the level of violence that Palestinians are capable of doing, those that, you know, the very few that choose to use violence um, is, is so insignificant compared to the capabilities of the Israeli government and Israeli military that have a real military with real sophisticated, you know, some of the most sophisticated weapons in the world with all the technology and they're a nuclear uh, armed country. Uh, you know, there's no comparison to whatever, um, you know, weapons that the Palestinians have access to, which is mostly just, uh, you know, crude uh, homemade rockets, not much more than fireworks. And of course, uh, you know, knives and, you know, guns and um, IEDs, which are not being used now. I mean, you know, those days are, are over. But again, um, if you don't provide an avenue for people, if you're just saying even boycotting is illegal, like how is it that, you know, <laughs> because you know that this has been a trend in this country, in state after state across the country, these legislatures have been trying to ban boycotts. They've been introducing laws that says 
you know, you cannot boycott the state of Israel. You can boycott just about everything else, but you can't boycott, for example, Israeli uh, companies or Israeli-made products. Um, but you and, can and, you know, boycott and, Nike, and there's not a problem with boycotting Nike or McDonald's or Starbucks here in America. But you know, hey, you they they introduce laws that make it uh, a, a crime to boycott things from Israel, which to me not- sounds ridiculous. It's a not a general a cry for boycotting any uh, Israeli restaurant or any of that. No, it's the companies that are involved with the daily suffering of the Palestinians, like arms, say, uh, arms manufacturing, um, surveillance, um, te- technology, like Pegasus that uh, Israel is selling not only, uh, <laughs> is not only using against the Palestinians, spying on them. Like a couple of weeks ago, Ahmed, we spoke to Jalal and he said like how his phone is monitored, how his email is monitored, how is everything he uses, the way he walks, his uh, driving license is monitored or the car uh, tag, right. uh, drive, what they call it, um, the number, the tag is monitored. So this is this like this is suffering. People are dying. Uh, they imprison kids. They're 13 years old. They put them uh, in solitary confinement, like Ahmed Manasra. So the call for boycott is to boycott the companies that are turning people's lives into misery. Or, All right. So uh, here's there's actually you can get a full list uh, for our listeners that are out there by going to bdsmovement.net, bdsmovement.net. Uh, under get involved, it says what to boycott, and it will list things like. It says even, you know, Israeli fruits and vegetables. Oftentimes they'll say produced in Israel, but really it's being produced on Palestinian land that's stolen by Israel or settlements within, they're within Palestinian proper, but they're being held by uh, settlements. Or for example, HP, Hewlett Packard helps runs biometric ID system that Israel uses to restrict Palestinian movements. Um, Imagine just, you know, HP, they use a laptop here, but there they're using its biometric system to limit, like you're basically in open air prisons or soda stream that has its factory in, you know, Palestinian land on settled land or Sabra, which is Sabra Hummus. Um, and Puma, Puma sponsors the Israeli Football Association, which includes teams in Israel's illegal settlements on occupied Palestinian land. Imagine even have teams that aren't on, on in settlements and like you already have Israel now you have to have teams within the land that you don't even own um, mind it's you, really ridiculous sorry Ahmed to interrupt but mind you these settlements are inside the West Bank the occupied West Bank with, with which supposedly is going to be the, the nation state for the Palestinians so it's not like these settlements are let's say in Tel Aviv no, they yeah. These are settlements within Palestinian. It's like it's like if you put settlements with America goes and takes over land in Canada and puts settlements there and says, okay, these Americans are now going to be Americans living in these settlements in Canada. And guess what? We're going to create some factories there and also have a football team and neighborhoods. But these roads to get to those settlements and out of them, they only brought belong to. You know, white Americans, not even all Americans, because you have to have, you know, you have to, it's basically uh, a, a certain ethnicity. 
Um, we're going to talk more about that, but we do have some phone calls. And you can call us at 813-239-9663, 813-239-9663. Jennifer from Spring Hill, um, I guess, is on, on the line. I do uh, BBS, definitely. Okay. And uh, I have been for a long time. And, you know, the other, and when they had that attack in the mosque, um, I have a news feed that I just go on my phone and just quick get some, you know, news headlines and things. And suddenly, like, I guess it's called the New Times or the New Israeli Times, something. That was, it's never been on there before, but that was on there that great at that day. And they were just saying, oh, yes, there's rocks in the mosque and they're throwing. And I thought, no, they're not. No, they wouldn't. And, they, you know, no, they wouldn't wear shoes in the mosque. But, you know, it's, I thought, wow, they just have to throw that propaganda out there right away, you know, in your face. This is something I never Googled them or anything like that. And uh, Oh, and so just, somehow it just came in your feed without even you looking for it. Absolutely. It just came in there that day, particularly not, you know, wow. the other day. It just, that was all, oh, they hit with the big news that, like, well, there was, like you say, there's the, as if there's an equal thing or as if the Palestinians are the aggressors and, you know, uh, it just. They're always trying to I change the narrative. Outrageous. Yeah, they're always trying to change the narrative to make it somehow that these people who are occupied, that they're somehow the aggressors. And in fact, some people even, you know, start believing that they're the ones that have the upper hand that, you know, yeah. you see these helpless helpless uh you know israeli government that's just surrounded by all these you know scary enemies that are going to swallow them up or push them into the sea it's the other way yeah. around it's, oh i know and, and it's the other way around more i mean I, i'm you know i'm upset for ukraine being a proxy war but look at what's going on i mean you know what's going on in palestine there's no mention of that because of the because of apac and because of the money in our congress and so and in the media and that's that's going on. Of course, Saudi Arabia gets away with whatever they want. I mean, these things, this Yemen, just stuff, just nobody really knows about unless you dig or happen to know about being, you know, involved in these things. So I don't know what the answer is. Just more people need to wake up. They talk about us being woke, and <laughs> I don't think enough people are awake. So. That's just but but uh, it seems like the Crimson newspaper at Harvard—they're waking up and they're getting behind good. BDS. Yeah, good. And I, I mean, I'm I'm all for it, and I promote it everywhere I go. So as a political activist, so all right, what's well, no, Oh, well, go ahead, Summer. Yeah, sorry, Jennifer. I wanted oh. to ask you: Did you know or read that while this thing was happening at the Aqsa Mosque, because the Aqsa Mosque is inside um, a huge compound that has also the Church of the Holy Sepulchers, and there was a Christian fest, uh, uh, religious occasion, and they were blocked uh, from entering. Mm -hmm. Like they would allow, for instance, they would allow Europeans and Americans but not Egyptian cops and Egyptian uh, worshippers yeah. and Palestinians. Did you read about that? Because it was happening also yeah. during Ramadan and yeah. during the season. It's, it's just so frustrating. It's just like mind-boggling how the disinformation that just is constantly put out there and especially the fact that it was put out like right off, right away. So that before you get another opinion or hear something else because I, maybe because they know I'm, you know, left-leaning and I, you know, but all of a sudden, that's like on my phone. And I'm like, I never would go to that. And I, you know, and it was just infuriating to see it. But it was all, you know, it was disturbing because, that, you know, because that gives you not only going to me, they're going to anyone mm. and everyone. 
that's that's a glimpse into the future when you know、mm. things like that happens, and then they push certain stories to, I guess, control the narrative. So that way, yeah, they're, oh, they're like, oh, what's happening over there? Oh, okay, this was what's happening because that's whoever you know issues something first usually. Kind of controls the narrative. So, but thank、yeah. you for sharing that with us. Yeah, nineteen eighty four, war, nineteen eighty four, whatever. So, all right, yeah.、Um, see you later. Thank you for everything you're doing and for、uh, you know raising the awareness within your community. And I think more, if more of us do that, eventually, it's, you know, it's making a difference. So, thank you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, we just actually just one last thing. We showed this film、mm-hmm. called Capernaum. Which was a very interesting. People, I mean, actually cried when we because we show movies at the library because we have a full screen there, like a theater screen. What is the name of your group?、Uh, well, I'm with the Green Party.、Um, okay. So the Green Party is hosting these things. Yeah, once a month we host. Yeah, and yeah, and absolutely, and the Green Party has always been pro Palestine for their rights. So I mean, it's just. It, it, And again, we don't take corporate money, and corporate money would be like APAC or corporations and people that have money. You know, like Adel, well, I guess he's not alive anymore, but you know, Edelman in Las Vegas and people like that. I mean, so anyway, yeah. So I just, like I said, I will hope more people wake up. Okay, thank you so much. You bet. All right, bye bye. Our phone number is eight one three two three nine nine six six three. Uh, you can also email us at dj at wmnf dot org, and our producer will forward the message to us.、Um, we're talking about、uh, a BDS. Media、um, coverage. The one of the link. What was the name of the film that she mentioned? Copper. I have no idea. Coco. <laughs> I have no idea. If you can please email us the name of the ma- the the the. You mentioned that you showed.、Um, she could email us at、uh, dg at wmnf dot org because I think she's still listening.、Um, but if、uh, Jennifer from Spring Hill can email us that name of the film, another listener is actually asking, and so we'll pass the information. And I was also interested. I just、um, didn't catch it. Summer, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say it's important to pay attention to the language used when one is describing. Um, the Palestinian issue, or Al Aqsa, or、uh, of, I don't think they, there was much coverage of、uh, blocking Palestinian Chris, Christians from entering the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is in the same compound.、Uh, if people like go to Google, was, I think it was for Easter. Yes, the the Eastern、uh, was it the Eastern Easter because we have the Eastern and Western. No, I think the Orthodox the Orthodox Church.、Uh... So,、uh, so it it's not really complicated. For instance,、uh, they use the word complicated. It's not complicated whatsoever. You don't have to go to、uh, books or 1948 or Balfour Declaration or or anything. What you have is laws that give freedom and、uh, freedom of movement and ownership and livelihood to Jews. And if you are a Christian or a, a Muslim,、uh, you don't get these laws. Very, very. It's it's really.、Uh, it's just like it's not much different than、uh, apartheid South Africa. You have laws for white people, and then laws for black people. That's it. Very not complicated, but the media、uh, wants the people to get fed up and bored and not pay attention to it,、and、so、confused. they think it's complicated. So if the media says something is complicated, 
imagine what you well, can do. So, but for you know, mm-hmm. sorry, Ahmed, uh-huh. when they cover Ukraine, it's so black and Clear. white. Russia, yeah. aggressive. Who's the enemy and who's the victim? Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, it's not complicated, although it is honestly complicated. A lot more. A Yeah. For instance, when you look at the the Soviet Union, the Ukraine, and the different uh, NATO, groups. NATO, and how they were yeah. former, you know, together in the same country, and yeah. Still, still, of course, no country has the right to go and invade another country. This is, uh, you know, there is no question about it. But it seems so simplified when you watch TV, and you know, I I, I am not uh, pro Russia in any shape or form. Uh, especially with their disgusting, uh, inhuman role in uh, Syria, and uh, they bombed Syria also. But, but nobody complained at that time. Oh no, no, not at all. Plus, the the you know the for instance, there was Nasreen Salim. She's a very young uh, journalist working covering the news, and she has press all over. Uh, she was beaten up. Okay, so imagine, for instance, if let's say the, the Ukrainian journalist was beaten up in front of the camera. It's not like it was behind the camera, behind the scenes. No, there is actually footage. If you go Google Nasreen N A S R E N Salem S A L E M, you will find the footage. She's a journalist, but no, no, you can do all these uh, things or that's in Gaza. Oh. So any. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I guess our uh, guest Laura is able to join. Oh, okay, perfect. Laura, are you there? Hello. Hi, Laura. Thank you for joining us. This is True Talk on uh, WMNF 80.5. We're jo- joined by Laura Albest, um, who is uh, with Institute for Palestine Studies, who wrote uh, co-authored an article in the Washington Post how media coverage whitewashes Israeli state's violence against Palestinians. Um, can, you, can you tell us why you wrote that article and and what yeah. it's about? Of course. Um, so and Welcome, by the way. <laughs> thank you so much. I apologize. Um, so coverage about the Israeli occupation for Pal- on Palestine has always been inaccurate. Um, Palestinians and organizations have called it out many times. There are always passive headlines, incomplete reporting, bias all throughout. So it's been pointed out many times. In my line of work, I do review a lot of um, major newspapers and how they cover Palestine. And we we publish a bias beat called the Press on Palestine at the Institute for Palestine Studies. And it happened that a couple of weeks ago, I had some time my co-author, um, Kat Nar, uh, approached me and said, hey, um, there's violence. Uh, Israeli uh, occupation forces are attacking Al-Aqsa. Um, look at the coverage. It's absurd. Do you have time to write an op-ed? So this is how um, we got there. Okay. So, I mean, do you think that the coverage is becoming worse as far as the whitewashing? Or is this just more of the same or is it becoming more sophisticated uh what what's it what's how is the trend or what what are you seeing that's different now so it has been largely consistent um in, in, in many ways number one 
it is consistent for media organizations to uh, refer to the situation in Palestine as a situation of both sides, putting the Israeli military apparatus, the apartheid state, the occupation on the same footing of the occupied Palestinian people. That has been consistent. They always uh, name things as clashes or tensions, as if it is the norm in Palestine, as if we are always um, fighting uh, rather than uh, us being attacked, uh, our homes demolished, uh, our families expelled, ethnically cleansed. We're always being put on that same footing. You also notice a consistency in the use of passive language. Palestinians die. We are not killed. Things happen to us. Who does them to us? Oh, we don't know. We're not going to mm. uphold that journalistic standard. So th there is a consistency there. There has been a very slow shift um, in providing uh, Palestinians um, space in, in, in opinions and editorials, uh, a slight shift in hosting Palestinians on TV and have them talk about what's happening to them. Uh, but it has been very, very, very minimal. Um, if you look at in the most recent uh, attacks on Al-Aqsa Mosque, which were clearly attacks and assaults on worshipers, uh, everybody at the same time just started calling clashes. And I mean, do they all get together somehow in the back room and say, hey, this time we're going to call it this? Or is it like one group leads? Is it the Associated Press and everybody copies or what happened there? Things are happening fast. Yes, people tend to follow the um, news organizations like Reuters or AP um, and follow their language. But in general, every news organization has its own style guide. So they most often follow the Associated Press style guide, which tells you you cannot use the word Palestine, which uses words like clashes and tensions to describe what's happening uh, when, when Israelis attack Palestinians deliberately and we have raw footage proving it. Um, so yes, it is It is consistent across all of them. They use the AP style book. And there are many organizations who have their own guidelines internally that say, hey, we don't want to report about this like this. One of them actually um, is very recent, is Insider. Um, they actually refused to publish an article um, about the situation because apparently there's a history there that can bring us some legal problems. So... Yeah. Uh, Ahmed, uh, let me jump in uh, and good morning uh, to you, Laura. Very interesting uh, article that you have written. And I am looking really at the uh, comments, more than 560 comments. How was the reaction to this piece? Yes, I'm surprised. I actually went through the comments as well. Um, there is a lot in there and there's a lot of support for Palestinians as well. The reaction has been mixed, but it has been largely positive, at least on, on my receiving end. Um, the Society of Professional Journalists shared it. Amnesty International shared it, and they had released a report earlier this year calling Israel an apartheid state. Um, I've had invitations, um, me and my co-author had invitations to speak on radio shows like this one. Uh, we've had people request translations, so it's been really great. But at the same time, and it comes with the territory, I've gotten a lot of hate. Um, I've gotten uh, at least two emails uh, trying to delegitimize um, my my reputation and were blatantly just um, accusing me of things that I did not say and did not do. Uh, multiple uh, Zionist organizations have written articles saying that uh, we have written lies, but we know the truth. 
Um, everybody knows the truth. You cannot deny what Israel does to the Palestinians. One of the things that your article uh, suggested was to hire more uh, Palestinians, Palestinian journalists. Do you think, is that, are there many Palestinian uh, American journalists working in this industry? Yes, there are so many. Um, unfortunately, uh, I, I wouldn't say unfortunately because, you know, everybody is free to take on their own interests, their own beat. But many of them do not cover politics. Many of them may cover culture. They can cover tech they can, or their producers. But there is a lot of Palestinians um, in, in the industry, Palestinian Americans uh, specifically. And uh, one more thing. Thing that you mentioned, because just before you came on the show, uh, Laura, Ahmed and I, we were discussing the word uh, complicated. Uh, can you address that and compare it to the coverage of Ukraine, which I think is a bit more complicated yes, than Palestine? Of course. So the use of the word complicated is basically to dismiss uh, us. It is to dismiss our suffering. It is to dismiss our history and our stories. It is to tell the reader or the viewer or the listener that, hey, you shouldn't care about this. It's too complicated for your little mind. It is offensive and insulting because people do care and people want to learn. Uh, the situation in Palestine is not complicated at all. There's an occupying force that comes in, demolishes homes, expels Palestinians, ethnically cleanses them, kills them. There is live footage, raw footage that shows this. The aggressor is very clear. And it's interesting you bring up Ukraine because a lot of that coverage, um, if you replace the word Ukrainian with Palestinian, say, oh, it makes absolute sense. The Israelis are attacking Palestinians. So we know that it is a deliberate attack against Palestinians. <laughs> I want to thank you so much, Laura, for being uh, on True Talk. I appreciate it that you took the time to uh, come today. We'd love to have you on again. Thank yes. you so much. I appreciate it. And thank <laughs> you for the uh, article. You can, list, you can read the article in the Washington Post. It's titled, How Media Coverage Whitewashes Israeli State Violence Against Palestinians. Summer, we have just a few uh, seconds left. Um, we'll continue having this conversation about Palestine in the future. I hope... Uh, you continue your Eid celebrations and getting back into your uh, normal schedule of having coffee in the morning. Yes, Ahmed, coffee and tea and breakfast and dinner and lunch and anything in between. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, this has been True Talk on WMNF, WMNF Tampa. After this is, um, what is after this? NPR News. And, and, then, then, uh, after, and then some more programming. Um, Summer, I'm going to leave you with some Tunisian music. I love it, Ahmed. And this is WMNF Tampa, by the way. الله يكون في عوني والدنيا دوارا ونسيت اللي نسوني والناس بغدارا